Hi, everybody. My name is Mike Manning. And I'm Trinity French. And we are your business coaches at Wired to Change. With the number two. We help you get your business to the level you want it to be so you can enjoy the life of a small business owner. And Mike Manning, how is that life going for you today? Actually, pretty good. I've been on uh, virtual networking since 9 a.m. Eastern time. And we're getting ready to do our second show today, which is always good. Had B&I today. Uh, did some client meetings today. So Thursdays are always good. So I'm a big fan of Thursdays and uh, small business ownership. Awesome. I'm glad to see you super pumped up. Yes. And uh, Oliver, my grandson, uh, comes in Saturday about noon. So when this show comes out, Thanksgiving Thursday, I will have spent four full days with him. So I'll be in a very good mood. Yeah. Spending time with the littles can definitely do that for you. Oh, greatest club I've ever bottle, been in. Bottle up some of that energy and send it my way. Oh, God, no kidding. I sleep <laughs> when he shows up, yeah. So. But anyway, speaking about bottled up energy waiting to come out. We have today joining us a very, 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 very special guest straight from O Canada. Don't sing. What? Come on. Uh, I have the lyrics pulled up and I'm ready to go. (laughs) The lyrics aren't the problem. (laughs) (laughs) We are super excited to have our special guest today, Jenny Wright, marketing strategist, list building expert, extraordinaire, and lead generation expert. Welcome to the show, Jenny. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. If you want, I can sing O Canada in French. Ooh, Ooh showing off right fancier. off the bat. <laughs> Are you totally fluent? I am bilingual, yeah. That's nice. awesome. Yep. Was was that from just the way you grew up? It was from the fact that um, my father's mom and dad were from Quebec. Yep. My father grew up here in Ontario, Canada. And he spoke French only until he was four, and then he went to school. But then when he married my mom, who was Anglophone from Ontario, he decided that when we went to school, we would try French immersion because it was a new thing, right? It had been around only for, I don't know, not even a decade. And so my sister and I were put through French immersion. And you don't speak any English in junior and senior kindergarten. And then we stayed in French immersion. I actually stayed right up until the end of high school. And then I actually went for French in university. Wow. So I went right through. I did the whole Dang. gamut. Do you use it much in your regular day? Not in my regular day. Um, I used to use it in my job when I was in corporate before I became an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. And so I was very thankful that I had it because at the time, you know, people who were bilingual actually got paid a little bit more. And I was all about that. That was good for me. Funny how that worked. Yeah. (laughs) Speak two languages, get more money. I'll take it. Well, don't you want to do a podcast in French and like monetize both of them? Absolutely not. My French has (laughs) definitely slipped, Uh, but I am, I'm grateful for the fact that I, I still have it if I can practice it. Yeah. I think that that's a testament to your parents for making sure that you are bilingual from an early age. That's awesome. When I was living in Europe, I felt like an imbecile because I was the only person that only spoke two languages. Everybody else that I met had three or four, sometimes five, that they were fluent in. And um, I think we've really missed the boat here in the States with not teaching people other languages. 
it's very common in in Europe to have like yep. four or five. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I, agree. I love the Canadian national anthem. I grew up in Jeez. Michigan, right across the border, and every time we passed the the border when we were going into Canada, because legal drinking age was nineteen there. We would sing the Canadian national anthem at the top of our lungs as we crossed the border, and that was just a rite of passage. My do, you gosh, you a, do you want to take a stab at some of that right now? No. Just jump See, and wait. When you feel it, just let it come out. You were one of the people who used to come to Windsor to, to go party, right? Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. And I lived um, close enough to Windsor that we would go there frequently, but I also went to Sarnia um, a lot because we were a little bit closer to Sarnia. Yeah, Sarnia is cool. Yep. Been there. It's where they have the groundhog that come that they do, you know, the groundhog day kind of stuff. Oh, That's really? They, I yeah. didn't know that. And Wyerton. Yeah. Wyerton Willie. Wyerton Willie. Nice way of Punxsutawney Phil. So. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we're very excited to have you. I think you are our third Canadian guest. Yes. So we are super excited because you are the first, though, from your side of Canada. Oh, from the East Coast? mm -hmm, Yep. Everyone else has been a a West Coaster. So Cool. Well, I'll try and represent very well. (laughs) I'm sure you will. Mike has said nothing but amazing things about you. And Mike, how did the two of you meet? I think the first time I saw Jenny was with our other Jenny, Jenny Midgley, mm. a friend of the show has been on, uh, yeah. as has Sarah, uh, mad- Madness, we call her. Um, but I saw you two on a Facebook Live one day, and I made note of that because it's, I don't want to admit that I haven't done anything yet since first time I saw you, but I haven't done anything yet since first time I saw you, <laughs> which is why I'm taking your class this week. And then all of a sudden you popped into Haley Gray's world with us. Yes. And Haley's been on the show as well, a good friend mm-hmm. of the show. And and that led me to have been following you since I saw you with Jenny and finally realized, hey, dumbass, you might want to put a mailing list together. So. Yeah, it's a good plan. I mean. <laughs> I thought so all along. <laughs> all along. But you know what? It's just when you, it's when you're ready to do it, that's when it actually becomes a necessity. Up until that point, it doesn't feel necessary. And you can just, you can keep making excuses or just say it's not needed. And then eventually you're, you know, it kicks in and you're like, oh crap, I really need to do this. Yep. Yeah. And it's just one of those things that that would have been a really good thing to do a year ago. (laughs) Right. Well, you know, this is my trade. This is what I do. And I will tell you that it's my trade because I really screwed up. I really, really screwed up. The first three years of the business, I was the worst list builder out there. I actually did a summit in my first year of business and I did it terribly. I did all the wrong things. And as a result, I had a list that I couldn't use and I ended up tossing it out when I finally gave up on it and decided to start fresh, go for a brand new list build and only attract my ideal client. And I started to see that I wasn't the only one making these kinds of mistakes, but I figure, I mean, if I did the, if I did the assessment, I I left, I left a good (laughs) amount of money on the table. By not doing it earlier. Let's talk about the number, the why to have the list and the, mm-hmm. the, the number of things, doors it can open for you and things that can happen just by having that list and managing it properly. 
Sure. First, let's talk about the, the reasons to have, and then we can talk about the, um, the ways to manage, right? So the reason that you absolutely desperately need to have an email list is about creating consistency in terms of your income with your business, right? Having the, you know, having an email list means that you can have that consistency of income, right? And making sure that, you know, um, there's a bunch of people that you can connect with when you want to make an offer. We've all seen things like Facebook go down, Twitter go down, IG, you know, Instagram gone down, even LinkedIn has had outages. And if you're only relying on them to find your ideal client, if you are online, um, then that's a struggle. If you're a brick and mortar and you're just waiting for people to come through the door, that also can be incredibly transient, right? Depending on your location and the weather and all sorts of different kinds of factors. But when you have an email list, whether you're online or brick and mortar, then you get to create that consistency. It becomes a heck of a lot easier to connect with your ideal client or your ideal customer and be able to say, look, hey, we're having a Black Friday sale. Or, hey, look, we're, you know, we're doing a, a holiday sale or a holiday blowout. Or I'm opening up four spots in my online coaching program. Do you want to join? And being able to create those connections. So that's, that's a big why. It's creating regular income and having growth and exponential growth, right? That actually happens at some point. It's really neat. I, because I'm Canadian, there's snow. I actually talk about it. <laughs> you know, have you ever seen a rolled, like, I don't know if you guys have ever done this yourself, but, and well, you're from Michigan, so I'm going to say yes. Where you grab a piece of snow, you make a little snowball, and then you roll it on oh, yeah. your front lawn or something, and it gets bigger and bigger, and eventually it gets, like, crazy, crazy big. Your email list actually is pretty similar. You start with this, like, you know, you start with four people, and three of them, you're, like, your mom and your sister and your, you know, your fiancé or something. And you start rolling, like, you start building up that list bit by bit by bit. And eventually it gets really big, really, really fast. It creates this exponential growth as you do it, because as you do it, you'll be promoting, you know, your email marketing, whatever that is, your lead magnets or, um, you know, your flyer, if it's an online, you know, if it's a brick and mortar, all these different things. And eventually you go, wow, I went from four people last year and now I've got 400. Right. So that's the, the why. How to use it effectively is really, really important. Can you imagine uh, going into a sportswear store and you're only there because you want hockey equipment? So Mike wants to get some hockey equipment, right? Trinity wants to go in and get, you know, some weights and some, like a yoga mat and things like that. And can you imagine if the store sends you the exact same email that has nothing to do with either and it's only for people who want tennis stuff? If you're buying, if you're going into a sportswear store and you're buying something with, you know, that particular item, wouldn't it be great if you got a very direct email that said, hey, we're hosting a sale on hockey equipment. It's going to be for three days, 30% off. That would pique your interest. Same on the whole, you know, yoga side, but it's really not going to get your interest if it's like, here's everything, you know, here's just the tennis stuff or whatnot. So there's many different examples I can think of, but in the online world, it's if you have a business like mine where I break my business into two different things, one where I do coaching and one where I actually do project management and I do some implementation, my coaching people don't want to hear, or my potential coaching people, they're not interested in the implementation. They want me to coach them. So I talk to them about coaching. The implementation people, I speak to them about, you know, how to build a really great funnel, how to project manage so, you know, effectively and things like that. And I make offers to them based on their interests and their needs. 
So when we're growing an email list, we want to make sure that we're speaking to the right people about the right topic. Well, and Trinity has two mailing lists. Well, first of all, she's built her real estate empire in short time to by referral only. Mm -hmm. And one of those is the mailing list and the reaching out to touch people with, I don't know what your market's like in Toronto, but this one's just stupid on fire. Yeah. Crazy it's the same stupid. type thing. There's change, things changing every time. So that's one of the reasons she was able to build uh, her business is through that mailing list. And Trinity, I know you've got a number of things you can touch people with. Yes, and not always inappropriately. <laughs> <laughs> I am very careful about what I send out to my to my peeps that follow me because I want to keep my open rate high. And I despise being spammed by people, just like Jenny said. I get so much junk mail that has nothing to do with me. Um, I have a throwaway email account that I use whenever I have to sign up for something, so that way I don't get spammed by them. And I don't want my clients to feel like I'm one of those spammy people that's cluttering up their inbox. So I'm very particular about what's sent out. Oh, yeah. And that's the way to be. And if you can be that way right from the beginning, you're going to have a better result. So you touched on open rates. And I think we should I think if it's okay with you, I'd love to sort of talk about that a little bit. Mm -hmm. Sure. Open rates with emails are really, really important. And an open rate is basically what it sounds like when you send out an email and somebody opens it, the email marketing software, whichever one you're using, counts that it's a fantastic way to see how you're actually working in your market. What actually happens with, you know, your open rate is if you have crappy subject lines, your open rate is going to be low. If your list is not segmented, like we were talking about, then your open rate could be very low. And if that's the case, then you're having low interaction. So even though you think it's a great idea to have a list of 2000 people, but your open rate is only maybe like eight or 9%, that means out of that 2,000 people, there's a great deal of them that are not seeing your stuff. And that's where you have that little inner conversation of, should they really be on my list or should I be segmenting? Should I be trying to see if, you know, how I can serve these people better? And that's where you create the smaller segments so they get tailored information that they actually care about and then your open rates go up. I don't know if industry standards is the correct phrase to use, but... So talk to us real quick about some realistic, if you're doing it correctly, mm-hmm. what kind of open rates you could or should have depending on what industry you're in. Sure. Yeah. So depending on your industry depending on what you do, if you're doing it right, then you absolutely can see open rates in the thirties and the 40%. I kid you not hundred percent. You can absolutely do that. If you're doing a great job, that's a great rate. And The people, you know, when you see somebody who says they have a, I know somebody who has an email list of over 3 million. Oh, damn. But their open rate is about 10%. And the reason that is, is they haven't really cleaned up that list in a long time. And if you use an email marketing software, most of them will tell you who's active and who's not. Mm -hmm. And if they don't, you can create an automation to make that happen so that your software can tell you who's active and who isn't. And what you do is you have to do some list purging. 
right? So you'll actually purge that list of the inactive people. What you'll do is you'll create a tag or something and be like, hey, you haven't opened an email in three months, you become inactive. And at some point, you will remove them from your list. And when you do that, your open rates and your click-through rates begin to rise, right? So at some point, you do have to do some list cleanup and decide who's staying and who's going. And that will have a great effect on your open rates. And again, like subject lines are key, you know? We're getting bombarded, like you guys were saying. And depending on your audience, subject lines really matter. If you're in a if you're, you know, if your market is way more into the consumer stuff, then your subject lines are very direct. If you're in the online world and you're maybe you're in more of a holistic spiritual, then your subject lines tend to be a little bit longer and, you know, might be a little bit more esoteric. I like quick, short, to the point. Sometimes I'll even throw in an emoji. Mm. But the subject lines should never be misleading. And that's a big problem. Very misleading subject lines. I've actually gotten emails from big, big people. And one of them said, I almost died tonight. Oh, I'm like, geez. what? And I opened it up and it said, I almost died tonight from laughter, from all the people who are blah, 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 blah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, you got me. You got me good. And you can look at that two ways. You can look at that as a positive, like a, you know, home alone face. And you have to open that thing. Or you can look at that as a little, a little bit misleading. I've gotten subject lines, you know, uh, this one to me is a little bit misleading where it's like RE, you know, when you hit reply on an email and it says yeah. RE, and you get the email and it says RE, your invoice. What? My invoice? My invoice yeah. from who? And so you'll definitely open that email. And that's, you know, and it becomes a marketing email. Hey, I've got two spots, spots open in my coaching program. What? Those are the people that either you get an email saying, hey, I left you a voicemail the other day, or they leave you a voicemail. Somehow they get your number. Hey, I just followed up on that email I sent you. I'm like, dude, you didn't do either one of those. <laughs> right? I get so much spam. Mm -hmm. So much spam. I don't know how many emails I get of spam. And I do the same thing that you do, Trinity. I have a, I have a little fake email address that I use just to sign up for mailing lists. Yep. And so I know when one of those comes in, right? So I've purged off everybody else, but I still, somehow my email address still gets out there. Mm -hmm. And I'm constantly right now, cause I'm in Canada right now, I'm getting emails every day from like Costco, you have a hundred dollar, you know, cash card waiting. I'm like, no, I don't. Or, you know, Shoppers mm -hmm. Drug Mart, you've won $200. Uh, no. And then my favorite is Canada Post, which is your UPS. Canada Post, I'll get an email. It's a fake email. It's obviously a crappy email. And it'll say, you know, click this button here to claim your gift. <laughs> oh, no. God. No. Yeah. No. In Trinity and I laugh about this. Our favorite email is, I can, we can make you a six-figure coach in nine days. Uh, like, no, you, no, you can't. Yeah. Because you didn't do it. And nobody's that good. So don't even go there. Yeah. No, those are all that, you know what, that's a, that's a really insidious little piece of coaching that people have done, which is, Hey, I'll show you how to make six figures, pay me 10 grand and I'll show you how, mm -hmm. and they only need 10 people. And now they have six figures. And then they tell you to go find 10 people and do the same thing. It's practically pyramid. It and must work sickening. enough, right? Yeah. It does work. People fall for it all the time. Yeah. They really, really do. Yeah. Not here. Uh, one of the things uh, we are on in talking about in your class is the difference between a summit and a challenge and a workshop. Mm -hmm. But more importantly, I told Trinity I would get to this because I always give her show notes and I've got it written on there. Um, 
and I know I'm jumping ahead, but for sake of Trinity, she'll love this. And it's actually a good point because we do this with clients. I want you to explain to her what poking the bruise is. Ooh. Because she yeah. does this all the time. She doesn't even know it. <laughs> she, yeah, well, of course she does. You, you do real estate, right? Mm -hmm. So you poke the bruise all day long, right? This is a wonderful house. There's three other offers that I'm aware of that are out there. So if you want to put an offer in, you might want to look at doing that soon. So you're actually poking the FOMO bruise, mm -hmm. the I don't want to miss out on this house, right? Poking the bruise is all about um, making people feel uncomfortable unless they take action. And it's not a bad thing. It's not disingenuous. It's actually pretty, you know, it, it, it's quite real. Mm -hmm. And we all do it. Um, I had somebody explain poking the bruise to me the other day like this. If you ever have to cajole your kid into doing something so that they, you know, that works in both of your favor, um, then you're poking the bruise. If you have to try and get your friend to uh, come out to dinner with you and you have to play a little bit of the, you know, but I haven't seen you in three weeks. <laughs> you know, that's the, oh, I'm being a bad friend bruise, mm -hmm. right? So you do it naturally. We all do it naturally. But when we're doing it in sales and when we're doing it in online marketing or even even in brick and mortar, all we're doing is we're pinpointing the fear or the worry or the problem. And then we're showing it and explaining it and shining a light on it in such a way that the person goes, crap, if I don't do the thing, nothing changes. And if nothing changes, I'm not going to get better or improve or my life's not going to change or my relationship's not going to get better or I won't get the house that I've been wanting. And, you know, I'm right back where I started or I'm right back where I don't want to be. We all do it. And it's a really effective technique. And at certain points in all of our email marketing, it's something that you'll want to do to get people to take action. Because unless we, you know, unless we actually tell people this is going to hurt unless you don't do it, they actually don't do it. They'll put it off until the very end. Yeah. Well, because people are motivated by either pain or pleasure and they're more likely to take action on something that's going to cause them pain than, than something that's going to cause them pleasure. Absolutely. I used to ride horses competitively back a long time ago. And if you ever watch somebody who's riding a horse uh, in dressage or jumping or anything, a lot of the work that they're doing is actually something that you're not seeing with their legs. Yep. And they're applying pressure, right, with their legs. And horses move away from pressure. So if you ever see a horse like going straight and then going sideways, it's because they're applying pressure. It's not always in the mouth, although you're applying pressure in their bit in their mouth. But we move away from these things. And the same thing applies. We move away from the pain or the discomfort. But sometimes we have to live in that uncomfortability to get to the thing that we want, right? So sometimes you have to realize that, look, you know, you've, you've got to make a change. You've got to change what you're doing, change course, figure out the next thing, um, take a leap, be more in faith with what it is that you want to do, um, pay somebody to coach you or to build something or to create strategy. Like sometimes that's the thing. And it's really scary. I mean, I've bought a house. It is scary. It is terrifying. <laughs> it's completely and utterly terrifying, but the right real estate agent, the right person can make all the difference, right? They can mm -hmm. make it a very pleasant experience or they can make it feel like it's a nightmare. Yeah. And if you can make it a pleasant experience, then sure, you're going to get that word of mouth that you were talking about before. 
but not only are you going to get word of mouth, but you're going to increase that reputation. Mm-hmm. And people are naturally going to feel drawn to you because, you know, oh yeah, you're looking to buy a house. Oh, I've got the perfect, perfect person. Her name's Trinity. She made it so easy and so nice. It just felt like a, you know, so good. That message carries and that personality actually comes through in your email marketing as well, if that makes sense. In this market, there's one thing to be a good realtor. And then the other thing is to be, what kind of realtor are you when you're going against four other bids? Two of them are all cash and all three are $8,000 over asking price. Now that's where people like Trinity and some of the the A-listers at her company, they win those bids because you do, you got to poke the bruise sometimes go, dude, it's everything you're looking for. And you need to put $15,000 escrow down to get yeah. this, to get this house. How bad do you yeah. want that? It does become a, how bad do you want it kind oh, of thing? Yeah. 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 My favorite question is at what point would you be sad that someone paid a dollar more? Oh, that's a great one. It is because they're like, Oh, and that just helps them figure out where their limit yeah. is that they, mm-hmm. that's, it's that's my so killer old. question. Yes. <laughs> Damn girl. That's awesome <laughs> yeah but it, it puts it into perspective because mm-hmm. if you called me and you're upset that you you know if a house is listed for five hundred thousand and the next per and you see it closed at 505 would you be upset that you didn't pay five grand more and most of the time people are like yeah here's my and then that helps us figure out what their limit is and going through the course when we're talking about um challenge i think it was challenges yesterday mm-hmm. uh you as you walk your clients in these groups through that, you explain and you you continue to show them value of, hey, here's you know three steps that will move you faster. Here's two more. Here's what I've seen. I work with clients. And then you get to that point of basically, if you're tired of doing what you're doing, which is why you're here, then you will you know, where you don't go into the hard sell, like you have to buy my next class, but if you buy my next class, we'll go in deeper on this and then you'll be further ahead. So you give them a solution, but you acknowledge that it's just not working for you. Well, one of the things that we have to do, especially with our list building, is we have to overcome objections. So that's the job. And I mean, Trinity has to do the same thing, but overcoming objections is a big deal. Like we all have pre- preconceived notions. I have preconceived notions about buying a house cause I've been there, mm-hmm. but I also have preconceived notions because the Toronto market is insane. Right. Mm-hmm. And I already know that if I was in that position to buy a house again, I would already have that fear that, you know, I've got to move quick mm-hmm. because I'd be worried about losing out. But the preconceived notions when you have with list building online are things like, I've tried to lose weight for years. Nothing works for me. And I don't expect that your program is going to work for me either. But I'm curious enough that I'm here. So can you help me? That's what's going on in their head. And your job on a challenge style list build or even through email marketing is to overcome those objections, get them to leave those preconceived notions at the door and understand that if they want to make a change, they have to accept that there has to be a different way. Because weight loss won't change, relationships won't change, or um, the way you interact with your kids won't change, how you deal with your ADHD won't change. None of that changes 
unless you're willing to accept that there's a different way Mm -hmm. and that the person that is hosting the challenge or sending you the email might have that different solution and you have to be open to it. So that's why I start my list builds with a, we're going to leave our crap at the door and we're going to open up and allow ourselves the opportunity to learn something that might be new, challenging, but new, and that could possibly work for you. And if I've done my job right at the end of this, I fully expect that there might be some of you who will ask me how I can help you individually. And I don't do hard sell. Mm-hmm. No, and it's we wouldn't style. either. Yeah. In our last mastermind group, just talking about mm-hmm. companies in their mailing list and they have no desire to run a challenge or anything like that. Yeah. So we had a sign company, uh, property and casualty insurance, a home security, uh, and a uh, home inspector. If all of these folks are trying to keep in touch with their clients, what's what are like two or three tips oh, I got for tips. them to I've keep in mind? I figured as much. Tons, <laughs> tons. It's so easy for me. It's 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 just ridiculous. Um, that is where I would do a combination of things. No longer can you just send a weekly newsletter and be like, we're having a sale on Windows 20% off. Click here. You have to be a little bit more savvy now. You have to tell stories, include some funky videos, be a little bit more personable, sometimes be a little bit pithy and you know a little sarcastic even. Create some fun around it and develop a voice. If you guys have ever gone and looked at the um, tweets from Wendy's, Yes, they're one of the best. They're one of the best. They, I mean, whoever's running that is a genius. When, I guess this was about six months ago, McDonald's started bragging that they're using unfrozen beef in their hamburgers. And all Wendy's tweeted out was, congratulations, welcome to the club. Like, welcome to the club. (laughs) Like, finally. They are so good. They are. Yeah. So they've developed a brand, right? They've developed a way, and they have brand loyalty as a result. And in, you know, even if you're home security, right, you could send an email saying four things that you shouldn't be doing with your home security system turned on. That leaves an interesting list. Um, You know, but having fun with it, that would be great. That would be so interesting. And, you know, even lawn care, you can have a great thing with lawn care. You, you and I had a conversation where we were talking about like rain gutters and stuff. There's all sorts of stuff that you could do with that, you know, clean out the gremlins and all these neat things that you can talk about and you can be fun and jovial. It's not, it doesn't have to be very tight anymore. It can be a lot of fun and you have to play into your own brand. You know, the moving company, I think it's like three guys in a truck, right? They have like a really um, just chill with three college guys in a truck kind of thing and they play into that Uh, and i think it's great so when you're looking to connect with your people um whatever your list is regardless of what it is that you're doing brick and mortar or even online you develop that personality and then you have to do it consistently this is the this is the magic sauce it doesn't matter how great your writing is how great your emails are how cute and funny videos or even a little mascot i don't care but if you don't do it consistently it's not worth anything because in the, in the space, and you and I have talked about this, Mike, in the space of, um, if you create a void, if there's any void in between your emails, like you sent one back, like the last email you sent maybe was August to now, right? And it's the last time you talk to your people. No judgment, it happens. The best time was back in August to send the last email, then next best time is right now. 
And if you've done that, you've created this void and your people are looking to fill it with somebody. They need that expertise. So start filling that void on a regular basis and pull those people back and attract more by consistency. So, so again, your, your tip on consistency is we would have paid you $10,000 as a coach to make six figures. You just said, yeah, just be more consistent. Thanks for your check. <laughs> <laughs> I do a little wait, bit wait more than that. I know you do, but, but you yeah. feel like that's what they would take. You need to do better at that. It's like, what does that mean? <laughs> right. And the funny thing is, is I've actually had people pay me to hold their hand and keep them consistent Yep. because it's oh, such yeah. Yeah. a thing. You know, yeah. it can be so challenging because we'll put everything else where whatever we feel painful in, like whatever pain we have, and this is the poke the bruise thing again, but whatever pain that we're feeling, we move away from it. Like I was telling you earlier, and if writing an email seems like I have no idea what to write, I don't know what to say. I don't know how to, you know, I don't know what to do. I stare at the screen for an hour. I can't write anything and I walk away. So they don't write the email. Mm -hmm. So if it's a negative experience for them, they'll go do anything. Like they will literally clean the dryer, like yes. the lint cleaner in the dryer versus writing an email. Been there, done that. <laughs> didn't didn't you, Trinity, a few weeks ago, it's maybe a month ago, didn't you move all that crap to your backyard from the front yard or something under your, something under your porch? You were throwing the rocks underneath yeah. the porch or something like that? Yeah, we are doing You would have done that. Yeah. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. yes. so that's what people think. So. Mm -hmm. uh, but back to your point, though, uh, Jenny, about content, uh, we are in the Purple Comma Studios, and we introduce you to Drago. He's the the producer. He owns Oak City Technology. They do uh, website design and SEO work. And he has told us over and over again, when in doubt, just go to the last three, the most common questions your customers ask you. Mm -hmm. And just answer those. He's 100% correct. Yeah, so the content's there. Oh, yeah. And you actually have it. And I love it. I've I've actually used this tool with a lot of my clients and I actually just do this for people. There's lots of tools out there. They're actually, there's one called the HubSpot blog topic generator. Yep. It's completely free. You throw in, just go to HubSpot blog topic generator. You throw in three common words for whatever it is that you're trying to figure out, like try to write an email about. It's preferable, preferable if you put the same word in all three fields, you'll see what it looks like when you look at it. And it will throw out well over a hundred, sometimes even like 200 topics that you can literally take and start talking about, right? The other mm -hmm. trick is to find where your people are online or playing online, Facebook, LinkedIn, wherever they are, and just start getting creepy, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, right up my alley. Yeah. You had both of us at creepy, don't let yep. our kids you. <laughs> yep, start getting creepy. What I mean by that is you start, you start getting in there and you start watching what people are saying and what they're commonly saying as a problem. And you start taking some notes, right? I just get a, I just get a, a doc open in Google Doc and I just start, I'm like, ooh, that person talked about this is their problem, you know? And we're going to use Drago as an example, right? So website building. Can't figure out how to use a theme. Okay, so people struggle with manipulating a theme. So, you know, I probably should be answering the how to create a website using a simple theme. Or, you know, here's three things you can do to blah, 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 like, Make it stupid simple. Listen to what they're saying and then literally answer the question. And here's the best part, rinse and repeat. The email that you sent six months ago that worked out really, really well for you, you literally can just tweak it and send it out yeah. again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's one of the, the things that people assume is that every post you put out there 
everybody reads. <laughs> oh, nope, nope, nope. I, uh, I've been posting, I think, twice, sometimes even three times a day. Slowly, the algorithm pays me back for it, <laughs> slowly but surely, as I do it with more consistency. Uh, but there's still people who don't see the posts, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so I end up using um, I end up using a service called Publer. It's the same as Meet Edgar to recycle my posts every six or seven weeks. Oh. So I have a podcast too, and I will actually like re you know promote a podcast episode mm-hmm. every five or six weeks using that service, so that I can get in front of more people. And it does bump my numbers up, right? It does get the downloads up and things like that. Same when I'm talking one of my lead magnets. If I want to continue to get people on my email list, I've created a bunch of you know content for that. I've loaded it into this service, and then every five or six weeks, it's repeating the same thing. And so I'm getting a consistent tide of people signing up for my lead magnet. Yeah, and let's talk about your podcast is System to Thrive podcast yes, with Allison Lex. Yes. Uh, you enjoy doing podcasts, yes? I do, although I was, <laughs> I didn't think I would ever do a podcast. It wasn't even my idea. It was my partner's idea. And he's like, you and Allison should do a podcast together. Because actually, when, when the pandemic hit, Allison and I, we both saw a hit in our business. Because uh, we, you know, we were doing a lot of done-for-you services at the time. And to sort of, both, you know, to sort of build ourselves up, we decided to team up. We'd never t- like teamed up officially before. So we teamed up. Direct response copywriter, funnel builder, works great. And we started closing clients. So we started this whole business called System to Thrive right during the pandemic. And then in July, my partner's like, you guys should do a podcast together. And we're like, oh my God. So 30 days later, we had a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Never thought it would happen, but I love it. I do. I absolutely love it. We do too. I I think this is one of my favorite things that we get to do on a weekly basis. As we enjoy playing off each other, and I'm, I found out I'm wrong a lot. No, you're not. <laughs> oh. Our our biggest debate, and you can weigh in on in on this, Jenny, is uh, Amazon versus Walmart. Oh my God! Trinity, not even a contest. But hang on a sec before you trash my answer. Trinity loves Amazon because she hits send, and it shows up tomorrow morning. I love Walmart for the scenery. I can see three of anything I've never seen before on a given Saturday. It's great. Amazon all the way. Yeah, I yes. thought you'd say that. In your yep. target over Walmart? Uh, my thing over Walmart is uh, I don't want the, well, non-COVID times. I still don't want the crowds. Uh, I don't want the fuss, and I definitely don't want the parking lot troubles. Holy yeah. crap. Nope, not for me. I would rather sit at my desk, hit send, and see that thing 24, 48 hours. Oh, yeah. Thank you very much. Oh, yeah. Talk about pain and pleasure. That is mm-hmm. pain. That is pleasure for sure. So. Absolutely. If I want to get my people watching in, I will go sit on the bench outside and watch people walk their puppies. No problem. You are so missing things. I'm telling you, people. <laughs> you are so things missing. that my eyes would rather not ever see. <laughs> I've seen oh, those pictures. Yeah. I don't need to see them in real life. My I don't eyes. want to see somebody who I have to question if they're wearing pants or not. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. it's just, no. Oh, yeah. Uh-uh. Oh, it's great. It's yeah. great. So is there something, 
a business owner can do, not the the easy way to money. We know that's not there, but are there a couple things they can start doing now that are going to put them ahead of maybe some of their competition if their competition just kind of half-assing it? Don't half-ass it. Thank so if you. your competition, yeah, if your competition's half-assing it, there's only there's only two ways. To, my partner taught me this. There's only two ways to be either first or better. And if you can't be first, be better. So that means if your competition is already out there doing stuff, then start being better at it. See what they're doing, elevate it. Do better Facebook lives. Do you know? Do better promotions. Um, do better window displays. Get a better decal on your truck. Uh, do better marketing. Make sure that your stuff is up to date. You know, links are working and all that kind of stuff. There's really simple stuff and it's very inexpensive to do. It doesn't cost a lot of money to start posting on Instagram. It's actually pretty easy. You know, do, like do that, you so. subscribe to your competitors mailing list? Are you kidding me? Of course I do with the email address that they would yes. never know is me. Yes, <laughs> with the junk email. <laughs> exactly. Who is this John Smith 012 that we keep Right. <laughs> Actually, I'll tell you that my, um, my junk email address is the combination of a previous family pet and a ancestor's maiden name. Nice. Yeah, no ties to you whatsoever. None at all. Yeah. Not unless you know the name of my childhood pet. <laughs> well, that might be easy, but the ancestor thing is like, oh, no, yeah. you can't get that one. No, that one's like way, way back. <laughs> uh, what else do we need to ask Trinity? It'll help us. <laughs> um, no, this has been absolutely fantastic. Yeah. I think besides you living in Toronto and um, <laughs> one of my favorite cities on the planet, this has been incredibly insightful. I think that our listeners are going to get a lot out of it and probably have some follow-up questions. So if they need to get a hold of you, what's the best way for them to reach you? I'm incredibly accessible. Uh, I'm happy to have people reach out to me. Uh, I have my website. Please don't laugh too hard. It is getting changed. Uh, it's Jenny at JennyWright.com, or that's my email actually. So come check that out. You can email me if you want, but the email, the uh, website is JennyWright.com. And I have a Facebook group called List Build Academy on Facebook. My business page is on Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Instagram. Pretty visible. Um, happy to chat. Happy to connect with people and um, just reach out and eager. The other thing is go and check out the System to Thrive podcast. You know, um, it's great to be on this podcast, but people still probably don't know who the heck I am and whether or not they can trust what I say. And I'm okay with that. So absolutely go and listen to a couple of the episodes and see if what I say works or see if what I say is real. And if that makes sense, then come connect because I'm, you know, I'd be happy to chat. Awesome. But some sometimes that mailing list can be the missing link to your marketing campaign, right? Easily. It's one of the key components. It's one of the, it's literally one of the linchpins and it's yep. the asset that we tend to push aside. Oh yeah. Yep. All right. Well, we've enjoyed having you on Jenny and we're going to apply some of the list building stuff to our mastermind groups, which if people go to wiredtochange.com slash events, you will see our three mastermind groups starting last day of November, first week of December. Uh, we know we can help you on those and uh, we will put into action. We will walk the walk and that way we can help our clients as well. 
Absolutely. And I just want to say that what you're doing is great. Those workshops are, the masterminds are fantastic. You were telling me about them earlier. I'm super excited for those. I think they're an amazing resource. And if people haven't already, they definitely need to check them out. So we're going to try to have our wired to change mailing list catch up with uh, Trinity's kick-ass real estate empire <laughs> list and see if we can get going on that. But thank you for being on. Uh, have a happy, do you guys do Thanksgiving? We did our Thanksgiving in the second week of October. Why is yours in October? It, it's something that happened back in the 60s. That's well, did the, the Pilgrims land in October? In, no, because, you know, actually the Pilgrims didn't even land in, I don't think they landed in November either. The date is, is a fixed thing, right? Like I the know. third, you know, and uh, and it's just, it was a date that was, I believe was ratified back in the 60s yeah. or the 70s. I think somebody here in the States said, we need something between Labor Day and Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> so happy Thanksgiving to you guys. Why, thank you very much. Thank you and, very uh, much. Feel free on Thanksgiving to uh, have some turkey or stuffing and in honor of us. <laughs> I actually enjoy the fact that it's a nice quiet day because all my clients are in the States and I get oh, some yeah. quiet. There you go. All right. We've enjoyed having you on, Jenny. Go to JennyWright.com. Check out everything she does. We will keep an eye on you. And thanks for sharing all these tidbits with our small business owners. My name is Mike Manning. And I'm Trinity French. And we'll see you next time on our Wired to Change podcast.